1: Thank you so much for having me again, guys. Great to talk to you guys. All
0: right, you know where I'm going with your tweet of the weekend. I'm just looking through your Twitter account. Uh, After the Bills lost, you said toughest day for an institution for Buffalo since the Goo Goo Dolls missed out on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nomination. Well played.
1: Well played, my friend. That was awesome. Oh, well, thank you. Well, They're one of my, uh, you know, that gives uh, me up the girls, one of my favorite albums. Like, you will you will never go wrong with talking to me about 90s uh, alternative rock. I could talk to you about that. In fact, I'd rather talk about that today than the uh, NBA, frankly. So. I'll be,
0: uh, my, my question for the Goo Goo Dolls is they did that concert in the rain that's so famous that we all saw. How did they not get electrocuted up on the stage? It was pouring while they were singing all those songs in Buffalo. <laughs> well, Wireless. thank goodness
1: they didn't. Thank goodness uh, they didn't.
0: Agree, agree. All right, we got Cavs, Knicks tonight. What do you think about this game? What do you think?
1: Well, it's it's interesting because the Cavs have been a little up and down this year. I know they're about what nine, ten games over five hundred. Um, look, I, I think the Cavs can be a force in the East, and they have been. You know, at alternate points throughout the throughout the throughout the year. But um, I, I think they're better than a fifth seed in the East. I think if the Cavs can start stringing together some some wins, the two through five is so bunched together that I think the Cavs could easily get to number two. But you, but you got to win. You got to win games against teams that are less talented than you. And the Knicks qualifies that. The Knicks have now lost, I think, four in a row. Um, they're scuffling a bit. A bit. They've dealing with some injuries. Mitchell Robinson's out for a couple weeks um you know so for for cleveland's purpose these are the kind of games if you really want to contend late in the spring and 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 make a run at the conference finals or finals these are the games you have to win but you know I, i'm very i'm very high on cleveland you know going forward uh, you know down the down the stretch i said that last year too for the record and i was wrong so you know feel free to disregard what i'm saying well that yeah just say that
0: cleveland. say you're down on the Cavs, so that way they'll win it's good yeah. we'll use reverse psychology <laughs> on the right. show
2: so for sure, yeah. Donovan Mitchell is a Cavalier. He's not a New York Nick. Has that been anything in New York? Does it matter to Nick fans?
1: Well, I think it's one of those things for Nick fans where if the Knicks got Donovan Mitchell, he, you know, Knicks fans would think he would he's as good as Michael Jordan. And once they didn't get him, it was like, well, he's not worth giving up, you know, a second round pick for. You know, it just it's one of those things, a natural thing of fandom where you just quickly rationalize whatever decision is made. With that being said, Donovan Mitchell has been an incredible player this year. He's averaging close to, what, 20, 29 points a game, and he's improved in so many different facets. And I'll be honest, with Donovan Mitchell, I, you know, watching him play in Utah, I didn't think he had another level in him. You know, I didn't think he had, you know, I always thought he was a very, very, very good scorer. You know, but he has really improved in so many different aspects. Of, of the game that, you know, even his production this year has been very, very surprising. And as far as the Knicks go, yeah, there's a significant portion of the fan base that's like, yeah, we could really use a player like Donovan Mitchell. If you really think about it, in the last 20 years of the Knicks, they've had, a, what, two All-Stars, or three All-Stars, excuse me, Julius Randle, uh, Chris Asporzingis, and Carmelo Anthony. This is not a team that has had a lot of top-flight players over the last couple of years. When it used to be a destination for top-flight players, right? So of course, there's a little bit of uh, remorse over not getting down of the metro, especially when you look at the fact that. You know, the Knicks are a team right now that are right now very much, you know, in the middle to lower tier of the conference. It's not clear what their plan is. They have a bunch of veterans, you know, like Evan Fournier and Derek Rose, who don't figure in long term plans, where the young guys like, like Obi Toppin aren't exactly, um, you know, getting a lot of playing time. So it's unclear what their future is, whereas the Cleveland Cavaliers have a lofty ceiling. They, this is a, if things go right for them, they could potentially win a championship. But that's not the case for the Knicks.
2: Trade deadlines coming up. And if, if you look at the Cavs, Donovan Mitchell, Darius Garland, playing a lot of minutes, and Evan Mobley's right there, and Jared Allen. And then I, I think they're screaming for somebody else, either at the small forward spot, Sopan, or coming off the bench to be a real a real contributor for them. And I, I like Karis Lavert. It's been kind of hit or miss. Kevin Love has not had the greatest of seasons the further it's gone on. He's had a thumb injury and hasn't been there. If you're the Cavs, what would you like to add here at the trade deadline, and do you think they have the assets to pull it off?
1: Uh, so, so it's a little bit of a complex question, but but here's why: What happened once the NBA instituted the playing tournament is that a whole bunch of teams became buyers at the deadline instead of sellers, right? Because suddenly, you know, if you're the you're the 12th seed in the East, you have an outside shot of getting to the playoffs, yeah. as opposed to four or five years ago where that, you know, you're now, now you're thinking about the draft. Now you're thinking about, you know, getting rid and and collecting draft picks and, you know, and looking towards the future. Now you have a case where, you know, if if you look at, if you look at the standings, I'm thinking like, I'm looking at a team like the Wizards, right? The Wizards are, I think, two games out of the playing tournament. If you're the Wizards, do you want to do a fire sale and trade Kyle Kuzma, et cetera, and, 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 and just give up on this season? You probably don't. So the, so the Cavaliers, to me, I think their best bet is to look forward to the buyout market, and we don't know what names are going to be available for that quite yet. But I actually like Cleveland's depth going forward. I mean, I know – you know look, I know, I know, you know, I know Isaac Coro has been a little up and down, but I actually like Cleveland's depth going forward. Again, a lot of this is based on luck. I think Cleveland is a, at this point, a strong enough roster where they're going to be able to attract a top-level buyout candidate. We just don't know who that is going to be yet. Um, but on the trade market, I just don't know that there's going to be much. And by the way, it's kind of borne out, right? We're, we're close to the trade deadline, and there haven't been many major moves made. It's been no. it was Rui Hachimura yesterday for um, for Kendrick Nunn. That's 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 you know been the quote-unquote biggest move that's been made so far. In part because the trade market's really cool. You know, because of uh, because of the uh, playing tournament.
0: Hey, so I'm trying to get a gist of what you're saying. Do you think the playing tournament is good or bad for the NBA? I think it's
1: great. Oh, you I do? Think it's okay. Great. I think it's fantastic. Uh, you know, I think first of all, it it, it means more meaningful games. Um, the NBA has tried to address tanking. For so long, now you have less teams tanking. Not, I mean, it's, you're not fully rid of it, right? But you certainly have less of it. But I love the playing tour- tournament. The more meaningful games, the better for me. Uh, I, I know there's going to be some disagreement on that. But I, I love, I love, you know, the extra intrigue at the end of the season.
2: The, the flip card to that is, okay, there are so many teams. Now all you have to do is kind of get in and be ready to go at the time. Because we were just kicking that around so, Pam, that you really want the regular season to count at least for the upper teams who aren't going to be resting guys. Limit the number hey, of teams fair. in the playoffs. I mean, I,
1: you're you're absolutely right. It's a, it's a fair point. I. It's it's a give and take, right? Like
2: absolutely, absolutely. Yeah.
1: Because because if you don't have that. I mean, I mean, can you imagine with Victor Remignana, um you know, waiting in the wings? Can you imagine how much, you know, how many teams would would be out of, you know, out of playing meaningful games already? Yeah, yeah. And we're barely halfway through the season. Very true. You know, I, it's it's a give or take, and I totally see the contrary point, which is like, okay, you know, you worked all season to win, let's say, 45 games and get the seven seed, and suddenly you have two bad games in a row, and suddenly you're out of the playoffs entirely. Yeah, that's not uh, that's not ideal, you know. But I, I think it's a better solution to the league at large when you have, you know, in previously, especially when like a Zion was waiting, you know, to be drafted number one, where you have like a third to half the league that's not even trying to win games. And so I, it's a give and take though.
2: So Pandeb joining us from the New York times. I'm, I'm going to pick your brain about something that we haven't really discussed very much. And in the back of my mind for a couple of years, I've just been thinking, how's that going to work out? And it's this. You have 38-year-old LeBron James who's about ready to become the NBA's all-time leading scorer, and he still is playing really well. He's averaging, you know, what, almost 30 points a game, playing great at his age. I kept thinking, when, is he going to fade? Is he not going to fade? Okay. And he wants to play with his son who has another year to go before he's NBA eligible. How's this going to work out? Do you, do you think they're going to pull it off? And I, I've always thought this. And that's an awful lot of pressure to put on a kid who's not a surefire NBA
1: player right now. Um, to your last point, which is a very good one, which is about a lot of pressure to put on Ronnie, No NBA player, perhaps even no pressure, no, and no professional athlete had the pressure that LeBron James had coming into the NBA, uh, which is that, you know, he was on the cover of sports illustrated, you know, chosen one, his high school games are being televised on ESPN. And something I think it was, uh, I think I was talking to Doc Rivers about this a couple days ago is that he somehow managed to overachieve from a position in which it's impossible to overachieve from that's LeBron James. So in terms of, you know, is this possible? How much pressure is on Bronny? Well, you know, I, I at this point would not discount you know, because if, there if there's a family that knows how to handle pressure, it is the family of LeBron James. So that's first point. To your other question about, is this going to work out? The NBA, more so than any other league over the last ten years, really has evolved. It really is – I mean, the game is totally different, right, from the mid-2000s. I only mention that because what the league looks like two, three years from now may be totally different. You know, like games will be totally different. I mean, look at the amount of scoring output that we've had this year. I mean, Donovan Mitchell scored 70 points in a game, and that's – like that might not even be the best performance of the year, right? And so in terms of what the league looks like in a couple years, uh, I I just don't know if LeBron is going to play with Bronny. I will also say that it would not surprise me because LeBron James is so exceptional. I mean, we've never seen a season like this from a 38-year-old, someone averaging 30, you know, seven and six or whatever he's averaging. So he clearly has years and years in theory of of productive basketball in him. But is Bronny an NBA level prospect? And if he is an NBA level prospect, will the Lakers want to take Bronny? Will he be available for the Lakers to take Bronny? And if so, does uh, LeBron uh, stay in L.A.? do he leave L.A.? We really have no idea. It's, it's really kind of very hard to predict, but if it's a question of whether, if there is a hurdle, it's whether LeBron is going to stick around long enough. And look, he's having, you know, he's having numbers on par with the best years of his career. He's great, yeah. So who's, who's to say that um, he's not going to stick around as long as Bronny needs?
2: And, and so, Penn, does some team draft Bronny to get LeBron, to get LeBron for a year? You know, because LeBron will be what? 40 years old.
1: Because you're not thinking at LeBron at 40, you're also not thinking about it in terms of encore productivity. LeBron is a moneymaker for franchise. Right. Merchandising, ticket sales, you know, uh, you know, national television games. And who's to say he can't
2: play because, you know, you'd expect to see some slippage in his game, but boy, he's, he's playing very well.
1: Absolutely. So, 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 yeah, I I could tell, you know, it's again, it's a question of LeBron's wants. It's a question of, I mean, a lot of stars have to align here for this to happen. And I just, you know, it would not surprise me because it is improbable, but that doesn't mean, look, LeBron playing this well at 38 and getting, you know, and break Kareem's record was previously viewed as unbreakable. It, It really was. So to me, it would not shock me if LeBron was able to somehow maneuver this. He's clearly pushing for it. He's spoken publicly multiple times about wanting to play with Bronny and 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 you know uh, and and trying to ensure a spot for his son in the league. Uh, it would not surprise me uh, either way.
0: No one has ever made stars align more than him. I, 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 it's yeah, hard for me to think of yeah. any other athlete that's ever been able to do it the way he's been able to.
1: It's, it's quite unprecedented. I mean, if you think about the way he left Cleveland and went to Miami, I mean that was. You know, the, you know, you know, teaming up with Wade and Bosch, now obviously heavily criticized at the time, that was a fairly, I would say, fairly unprecedented move at the time. And it really changed the way players approach free agency and approach their own leverage in contract situations. LeBron is very much. A guy who makes stars line for himself, and that may, you know, be, besides the points and the assists and the rebounds, that may ending up end up being one of his biggest legacies once he leaves the game behind.
0: If, if you're the Lakers, and like we're having this conversation, all right, if you're the Lakers, are you going? You know what? Maybe we should trade him. I mean, we're on the outside looking in right now, and we might be able to, you know, stack the house for the rest of the for the next couple of years and if they, we, if and we they trade him. And if he's going to yeah.
2: take off anyway and go to Orlando to play with Bronny, you know, that's
1: interesting. It's, I mean. Look at this point when it comes to NBA stars getting traded. I I, I refuse to make predictions, and mm-hmm. if I did, I would never predict Donovan coming to Cleveland. Right? right, but the Lakers have historically, for several decades under the Bus family, has, has been a, a franchise that prides itself on how it treats its stars, attracting stars, investing in stars, et cetera, et cetera. Which is why he just got you know a, you know LeBron just got a pretty sizable extension at an age where players don't usually get that kind of an extension. Um, I think as long as LeBron James wants to stay in L.A., he will have a home in L.A. Um, I, I think the only reason the Lakers would trade LeBron is if he asked to be traded. I only say that because, look, even if you know, the Lakers are not very good or, 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 or whatever, look, LeBron is still a pretty big moneymaker for the Lakers. And that the business side, you know, we don't think about it as much as, as fans and whatnot. But the business side really matters to these teams, especially for a franchise like the Lakers, you know, worth billions and billions of dollars. So I I, I don't see the Lakers trading LeBron unless he wants out, but I could also but it could happen, right? And 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 then, and then separately, look the Lakers. Look at the last contract that the Lakers gave Kobe Bryant. Now this is a team that prides itself on investing in its stars and and lebron is the latest on the long line i mean look at the contract that the lakers gave magic in the eighties, right and so i I think the lakers are a team that really really wants to be known as a team from a brand perspective and just you know among players as uh, as a team that makes stars happy so I, i don't see them cutting cutting bait on lebron um and frankly with the way he's producing why would you
0: Totally agree. Hey, great stuff, Sopan. We appreciate it. Love having you on the show, and thanks for talking a little bit of Knicks and Cavs and even a little bit of LeBron with us, too. Thank you, man. Thanks, Sopan.
1: Thank you so much for having me, guys.
0: All right.